0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Demographic Cast. I am joined today by Katherine Grassu and Brett Lee. Hello. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, young people's relationships with sex and young people's view on relationships. Um, this is something that has been interesting to you and me, Brett, for a while. We've had yes, lots of conversations yes. about this. Um, my interest mainly was sparked... I watched the documentary, I can't remember the name of it now, but it follows young people in America when they're on spring spring break. Mm. And I watched it in my second year of university. Um, and it follows a group of guys and a group of girls and they talk about their experiences and, um, the pressures that they feel when uh, being away on something as mental as spring break. And it got me thinking a lot about my personal relationship with sex and, um, just kind of our generation's view of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's a topic that doesn't really get discussed too much, but has quite a lot of impact on us. Absolutely. Um, uh, obviously, every generation is going to have a different view of this, but for mm-hmm. us, I think we have a particularly unique point of view because of the way that society is structured at the mm-hmm. moment and the kinds of expectations that are on young people.
1: Specifically, that I think uh, young people are sort of encouraged to be more sexually liberated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost suggested that we are sexually liberated as a society, but I don't think that's quite true.
0: First of all, you, go on.
2: Well, he, he, I haven't really heard that. I, I, I mean, as a woman, you don't really get a lot of, you are sexually liberated as a message, you know, we, we, we tend to get, you're too sexually liberated mm. or you're not sexually liberated enough. And very little in
0: between. Mm. I think okay. there's also not been clarification as to what sexual liberation actually is. Um, yeah, I absolutely. Um, to me, and this is not the definition I think it is used to define sexual liberation, but to me, sexual liberation is having a positive and free view of how you want to discuss, uh, conduct your sexual relationships. And I do not think that we have no. that at no. all. Um so I don't think that we're particularly sexually liberated. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think that a conservative view of sex, i.e. having sex only once you're married, or a kind of more modern view of sex, of having sex with lots of people, defines sexual liberation. No. I don't think either of those things yeah. are. If you're choosing to do either of those things, to me that is sexual liberation. If you're choosing to conduct yourself, if you're saying... I have the right to only have sex after I'm married, then to me that that is, that is sexual liberation. Mm. And we live in a society where that is allowed I or vice versa. That,
1: I also think that sexual liberation involves this process of talking about it in public. Mm. Well, not in public, like not out on the street <laughs> necessarily, but as with friends, as with family, like just being more open about it and being more educated about it is should be a part of that. Having a, a healthy relationship with it. Yes, right? absolutely. I
2: think we need to we need to define our terms a little bit better i think i think we need to go back to the root of the root of human sexuality and the ideas that we've formed the basis of our sexuality on not being scientifically accurate anymore so things like all of these darwinian kind of assumptions about like either the difference between um men and women in their attitudes to sex there's no biological basis for that or um lots of things that people have sort of heard about and it's, it's just quite interesting when people find out the facts um for the first time and people had never heard for example that humans aren't actually supposed to be monogamous and that serial monogamy is something um that we saw in other apes that we aren't directly descended from and thought it looked all right but really for thousands of years we're, we're mostly like bonobos which are they do still um there are still group animals, um, but they, they raise each other's young, and there's no sort of issue of paternity certainty. Paternity certainty is like the spanner in the works of prehistory when everything was fine, everyone just lived in a village and raised each other's children, and it didn't matter. Yeah. And then when you come into property and you come into inheritance, people decided, I only want my inheritance and my money to go to people that are definitely my children. Mm -hmm. And therefore paternity came in and then serial monogamy came in and then the landscape of actually how we think of sex has changed so much from any semblance of an original idea that sometimes I think it's just interesting before we talk too much about like specific modern context of things to think about to think about the whole picture of human sexuality as something that is widely misunderstood as it is. And that if we, if we say, go back within ourselves and go back to being, examining it from a perspective where we realise we need to be self-aware before we do anything. So it's not about how much you do, how much you don't do, who you do with, as long as you know yourself, that you're not getting into traps where you're hurting yourself because you're doing things for attention or you're not ready or you're repeating patterns from your childhood and things like that. And I think the the key the key step in any, this doesn't sound very fun, but the key step in any casual sex relationship is definitely to know yourself before you go mm. into anything because you shouldn't be looking for things in other people that you need in yourself.
0: Well, I would argue that that's the case in any form of relationship, whether it be... Mm-hmm. A relationship involving casual sex, or it be an right. actual committed relationship, or it be a friendship. I yeah. think that those are pretty good rules to yeah. to live your life. But just to quickly go back to what you were saying about looking at it in historical terms, our relationship with sex is very much determined around the societal mm-hmm. construct that we have. Not societal construct is in like gender is a societal construct, but societal <laughs> construct in the way our societies are set up yeah. and. Um, like you were saying, that is very much loose in this day and age. And yeah. what we haven't done, I don't think, is done a particularly good job of understanding these things in the terms of modern society. Things have moved so quickly. Um, we, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about TV and social media and magazines and yeah. um, identity. These things have changed so rapidly, and what we haven't done, maybe. A good enough job of is redefining these terms mm. to fit in with our our modern age we haven't got things like religion was a, a good way of doing that mm. not to say that religion did a good job of no. setting up healthy relationships but it defined the terms in, in to which yeah those things should be construct conducted
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it comes back to the question of do we need rules or do we just tell ourselves we need rules because what we really need is some sort of structure how? Where, do you do? You take that from other people, or do you build it mm-hmm. yourself? And I think something about being liberated is, is is the ability to recognize I don't need someone to tell me I can make that decision. And and for the most part, I'm quite I'm quite firmly pro um, pro what people want to do. I I don't I don't really have a problem with with I mean clearly I don't really have a problem with 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 people having casual sex and I think I think it's really interesting once you get to a point in your life that it's like a really interesting way of looking at people that isn't just friendship relationship and that it's really interesting to look at people and value one particular quality about them and be like well I really want to see how that quality interacts with qualities of mine but I don't necessarily want to have a relationship with them and I think it's it can be, if you're like at a stage where it's kind of interesting and you're, and you're 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 going you're going out f- not for anything in particular but you're you're finding thing you're finding people interesting in a way that you couldn't do before because it's not so clearly defined it's not like childhood when everyone's either a parent a sibling or a yeah. friend you've got the, it's the gray areas mm-hmm. and that's why i think it can be curiosity a slippery slope for some people because you can get so stuck yeah. but it's so interesting discovering discovering different things about people and that's how you get to know what you like i think as well and how much you should know how much you're willing to put up with as well i think Mm -hmm. that's i think that's quite important
0: it's so individual though isn't it because i would say from my experiences that that's best being done in relationships in committed relationships and not through other other avenues i think that i've found my understanding of what i like what Mm. I, the way that I am a best sort of person mm. through committed friendships and committed relationships um where you're getting feedback you're communicating properly where you So you don't held think you would from
1: ca- more casual. I don't think casual, I have done. Yeah. No. I don't like, I think you
0: still I think you still learn I think you still understand but I think the sort of for the sort of person I am and this is kind of the point that mm. I wanted to make today was that it's so individual. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, like most things it is so grey the the most important thing is that you feel able to discover these things the way you want to and you don't feel pressured to have to figure your life out through the lens of how other people are living
2: well because what we know about what we what we know about psychology in that the way people learn about love and sex and relationships coming from the way they've been loved or lack thereof mm-hmm. as a child and the way that you reconcile that with the way you treat other people as an adult um, all comes into that so I think maybe people find casual things more appealing if they've seen forms of or they're sick of repeating patterns or they've seen forms of love that they definitely don't want to repeat mm. from their childhood so they're kind of Cautious to emotionally invest until they're sure that someone isn't going to display a particular quality yeah, or a sure. series of qualities that is, well, almost traumatic. Really, from some sort of, I mean, the, all of this can be subconscious as well. This is this can be absolutely anybody, mm-hmm. and you never, you would never know if you have that. If you have that kind of issue, you wouldn't, you would never know. You could go about your entire life being like, "Why do I keep sleeping with people when I'm I'm not that keen on them?" And you cannot know. And I feel like it's not right to just leave those people to say, well, you made a choice. I think a lot of it is actually not a choice mm. in terms of the way you find accessibility in like in yourself and in other people can be very, it can be very hard for some people to access themselves or other people in that way. And therefore you might need a structure, which is a bit more safe in air quotes.
0: Mm-hmm. But then it, Whilst I I I well, the way I view it is that the safe thing to do is the casual route. For me, the safe thing is to not commit yourself to somebody. The safe thing is to not um, put everything on hold for somebody else and um, form a committed, strong relationship with somebody where you're constantly learning, you're constantly mm-hmm. growing, um, you're making the best of your life. With them. that, to me, is the risk. I see because, totally they were around. Right, so yeah <laughs> I, Um Because I, I, I'm I think like you said um in the last podcast we did very much a heart on my sleeve person. Mm-hmm. Very emotional, very open to talk about things. First thing is communication. If I'm if there's something wrong, I I talk yeah, about it. I'm not go gonna on. hold a grudge, I'm not gonna throw a four hour tantrum a four hour strop. If there's an issue, let's discuss it, let's get it out of the way, because life's too short to Um, to worry about that stuff. So to me, it's probably easier to kind of stay away from having to put yourself in a situation where there are always going to be problems, there are always going to be issues. The easy thing would be to say, right, I'm never going to commit myself because then I'd never have to sort out any issues. I'd never be hurt. I'd never have Um, feelings for somebody that are are so overwhelming and I get so caught up, so therefore I'm just going to remove myself from the possibility of being in that situation. Does that make sense? Yes. So therefore I'm going to choose to put myself in that difficult position.
2: But To me, knowing somebody versus not knowing someone is what, like the person you know better, like if you're in a committed relationship with someone, it's always going to be safer because you know them, you know what they're ultimately capable of you know you know them enough to know whether you're safe or not in a very literal sense and that bleeds into everything else i feel like emotional safety where well, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily get that out of either anyway because ultimately if you if you're looking for that where you you can't face being emotionally intimate with people and you're looking for something else the sad kind of answer is that you will have to you will have to come up against it it's not going to be one of those things where you can you can't put it off forever. You do have to deal with it, and you don't have to do like a big old. You don't have to have a crisis. You don't have to like do anything massive. It's just about it's just about looking looking within and and knowing that. See, and... these
1: are the kind of questions I was going to ask because, in terms of how we define casual sex, mm-hmm. do we define it as something that can't that is so? We would define it, I suppose, as something that's uh, no strings attached, a relationship that's no strings attached. But if, is it even a relationship? What happens? can you have casual sex with somebody without getting emotionally well, invested in them so
0: I think that th- those relationships Good question. I, I think those relationships where there are no strings attached you both say right we're just going to sleep with each other and that's it we're not going to like we're not going to get feelings for each other like you agree yeah. like as if it's got something you've got control yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah. Um, they are very very few and far between I'm not saying that it can't work I'm not saying that it's never worked mm-hmm. but I think that they are very rare mm. Um, where you can do that and then continue being friends with that person afterwards. Sure. In my case, I mean, I think that, uh, that I I would struggle because to me, sex is something that is incredibly personal.
1: Sure. So you need it's... some kind of investment there in the first But place.
0: also, okay. it's not fun if you're if, if you don't have feelings for somebody. I to say, yeah. Well, yeah.
2: I was gonna say. To me, absolutely. Me- A, first off, you just shouldn't be having sex with anybody you don't really like. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how deeply you like them, but if you know that you're just like, I don't really like them, just don't sleep with them. Mm. You can, of course you can, but you probably shouldn't and it won't feel any better. And the the way, the way that's not what casual sex means to me in that way. I don't, I don't think, right. I think that's something, I think that's... Because I, I think that's where the stigma comes from. When people stigmatise it, they're stigmatising that. The idea that you're just kind of like meh about everybody that you sleep with and that you never really invest anything. And I think there's another way. It doesn't have to be that or a relationship. And I, I feel like...
1: Yeah, there should be some like kind the, of middle the, ground.
2: My grey area between those two looks a bit like... When you are like emotionally invested, possibly in more than one person at a time but you're not you're not in a relationship with them but you're interested in them in a way that is more than just friends and mm. it's about if you would obviously if you're like really 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 interested then if it's not an issue between the two of you why wouldn't you just be in a relationship but i feel like it's important to respect that that might not be the best thing for people depending on what they've been through so to me the casual sex thing in a way that works looks a bit like you know, you 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 have a small circle of people. You know, you maybe have like a little string of people that you go and see, but you they know about each other, and you you they you know it's, it's quite okay. regular. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not necessarily a see the the serial thing, the sleeping with a different person every week. I don't really I don't really think about that as. The same thing. Right. think I don't I think that ca- is the same thing. But when I, I think about like that. As casual, casual sex arrangement. I mean, like, so it's someone you know. It's someone you trust. You've talked right. to them a bit. You need... see, this is what I was going to ask again. As I well. don't think you don't think hook up one night culture. culture kind of I don't think one night <clears throat> stands in hookup culture Class, is the same thing. No.
0: I don't think it's the same thing as that. But I wouldn't define what you're talking about as casual sex. I think that's deeper than casual sex. I would define one night stands and hookup culture as. See, there seems seems to be because it's not. It's whilst it may, there is a casual element because there isn't the same level as commit of commitment as there would be if you were in a a relationship. It's the
2: relaxation of the rules of monogamy to me.
0: Sure, sure, but I still see that as being. You're making an emotional investment. You're just making an emotional investment that's less deep to multiple people. Mm -hmm. So I don't see that as being casual sex. I see that as another form of relationship. But then um, is so casual sex not a relationship
1: then? Are you not having a relationship if you're having casual sex that, That's
0: what I think part of the problem is. Yeah. Is that you aren't having... No, I don't think so you think are you having are. a relationship with that person. I think that's part of the issue is that there's a lack of humanity right. to it. Mm. There's a lack of what makes sex so special is that you are sharing the most intimate thing you could possibly do with somebody. And that, that's... that's.
1: But that's a very traditional view of
0: yeah. sex. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Because it is. then yeah. there
1: are a lot of other people who mm. would view it as something to... Two people in the moment yeah that or there's like but then i still swingers think swingers clubs and that where people go along and aren't necessarily getting emotionally invested in people they're just going for the sexual thrill sure
2: yeah and people a lot of people are after something that isn't monogamy without necessarily wanting everything that comes with the idea of casual sex like there's a lot of people who do want to emotionally invest they're just not sure they want to emotionally invest in only one person and i feel like i feel like when we assume that all sex is monogamous or serially mono- monogamous I think I think that's part of the problem is that we see it as that thing where you go out and you sleep with someone you don't really like and you feel a bit rubbish about it instead of thinking if you're struggling with a, the idea of a normal in quotes normal monogamous relationship is that it's the monogamy that might be the problem for some
1: people I think it's also a society yeah. a, because it's a, a time in people's thing.
2: life yeah it's a time in people's life where they might want to do something different
0: because it's it's the sorry no, well, you go, you go. no no I was gonna say it's the for some people that's the crucial part mm. it's the this isn't gonna work for everybody my view of how sex is best seen in my life how I have as healthy a relationship as I can is viewed through that prism but it for somebody else it could be totally different and that's okay that's the best form of a society that we could possibly build yeah. where I can have one view of this i mean that is true liberalism where i can have one exactly. view of this thing and and you go yeah do you know what that's great i'm glad that you're really happy find somebody that has the, the same view and live as best as you possibly can whilst you know the person next door is sleeping with four people and they all know about it and they have a very healthy relationship and etc 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 what a perfect life but i don't think that people properly Think about well, that's a bit of a grandiose statement, but I think that there is maybe a lack of thought that goes into the impact that sex can have on your life.
1: Yes, and also I think that sort of uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs> the dog
2: tripped over the
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think um, <laughs> that sort of idea of having uh, you know a society where there are people who have different kinds of relationships, like monogamous ones or polyamorous yeah. ones. Um, Polyamory—that's the word, yeah, isn't it's all, it? It's all, word. it's all well and good, but I think in for young people, if uh, talking from our experiences at university—I don't know about yours—but I imagine you probably encountered similar things. People don't necessarily know what they want, or if they do, it's it's not defined. As clearly as there's sort of a gap between single and in a relationship, and there's nothing much in between without connotations already assigned to them. Yeah. And that's a societal issue that lacks education. I, I think, think
2: some of the problem with that is that there's no, it's so, there's two extremes and there's no kind of moderation. It's yeah. a similar problem that uh, we've discussed in law with to do with the prison system where punishment works if it's really, really extreme and harsh or really, really rehabilitative mm. and reformative, but systems in the middle don't really work either way and no. it's a kind of a similar thing where for for people who really really want something very serious very young they have a they have a they get what they want they have a great time people who definitely definitely don't want anything that anybody else has can get what they want but everybody else in the middle is just kind of like well i, I don't really want this and i don't really want that but this is all i'm being offered and you're i don't on. yeah think- it's
1: because society hammers these ideas on you as when you're growing up as a child so for the people who then real don't really know what they or they don't want to be, like, single or in a long-term relationship with just one person or whatever,
2: mm. but I it feel doesn't like leave them
1: with much option. It
2: requires a little bit of individual bravery in terms of, like... Because people also crave the rules. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are just, like, on the sort of dating scene, as it were, where mm. they just, you know, and you, you pull the chair out for them and, you know, we we always go to dinner and we, we do this and we do that. And people like the routine and the ritual and the ceremony yeah. yeah, without really that. understanding... What they whether they want that, what it means, how it makes how it make, might make the other person feel to yeah. have to do something that's just a ritual without any meaning, or whether that's, they mean it or not. That's
0: the 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 lack of meaning to me is the the real issue, and the lack of like a sense of this is what this is what I want, mm. and that, that's really where it, it lacks for me because that should be one of the things your relationship should be providing the most meaning to you in your life. I think second Absolutely. to what you do for a living, what you decide mm-hmm. to do for a living. The people that you surround yourself with, the people that you spend the most time with, yep. the people that you're most intimate with, should provide the most meaning to you in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you're choosing, either consciously or, sub- or subconsciously, to put yourself into relationships on a regular basis that provide you with no meaning, you're going to lose meaning from your life. Mm-hmm. And that might be, on the face of it, quite a conservative view. But then, underneath, that, that meaning could be from going out and having sex with lots of different people. Yeah. I'm not saying that that is something that nobody should do or it doesn't work for anybody, that could be your thing. Mm -hmm. But when, as you say, people find themselves in positions where they're in this grey area, where they're not sure what to do and they're kind of following what other people are doing or what they think they should be doing, that's what provides that kind of void.
2: It's crazy because you think if, if people want a structure, if people want rules to follow that badly, you'd think they would just make their own, but they don't do that. No. I don't get that. I mean, I, I'm a very the... like I'm a very blunt person, so I probably like I probably do make my own rules up and not worry about what other people think too much. But I from I need to like sort of understand then the perspective of people who a bit better the people who really feel strongly the need to please other people and follow follow any kind of rules that they find mm. rather than being like well I don't really like that rule I'll make another one like mm. I think something about we're failing to emancipate young people in that way where they feel like they can make the rules because if the rules are sort of coming from if the rules are coming from all of us everybody accepts them like normal society rules like don't kill anybody everybody accepts that so every no it doesn't feel like it's coming from someone else being forced on you whereas rules to do with sex are always feel like especially to like teenagers and and the child mind they always feel like the voices of older adults trying to like press on our own ideas and on our own um things and I, th- I think a lot of the the whole chicanery of casual sex is is very like old all of the, all of the rules are old and were made by people a long mm. time ago and I, why can't why why can't we just make our update our own systems?
0: when you when you look at uh, something that i always think about in a very nostalgic you, even though I wasn't there, is the, the 1970s, right? Where, or the, like, the 60s <laughs> no, and the 70s. Yeah. Because you the you, you can culture. read about it and you can learn about it and you can look at the way that people genuinely felt a sense of liberation. Like
2: Brett in the 80s.
0: Oh, exactly. Um, but it, you do, don't you? You have to learn your yeah. values and your ideas from somewhere and to me, that wasn't, every. it's not like everybody views hippie culture as everyone was having massive orgies. Everyone was having yeah, they happened, right? But people, like you were saying, Felt like they could choose the ways in which they wanted to live, and everybody was okay and supportive of people finding those ways. Mm-hmm. There weren't set rules that everybody felt like they should follow.
1: That's also far from the first time that that kind of thing has exactly. happened in history. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. like, well, like Kate was saying before about, um, you know, previous uh, the the state of humanity before sort stuff like agriculture and that. There were lots of different, well, they weren't even societies then, but that were. What was the name of the, the
0: colonies where? Um, it's a name of a, a form of philosophy. It might be in the School of Life book they might talk about it because I learned about it on the School of Life. Um, YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't remember what it's called but they, they would. They would move to these communities where it was they were, yeah. they were sustenance communities and yeah. they all looked after and they still everybody they after exist There are some
1: other. communities that do still have yeah. these, these healthy casual sex... Um, I, I don't know what the word is really but, you know, states. Would you
0: <laughs> say that they were casual sex... Like, would you say that that was a defining feature of them? Because it. I,
1: I would you, would you? It depends how you define it again, I suppose. Because it. Because there are. I read about, like, in this book that you gave me, Kate, <laughs> that is, um, about these societies um, where they would have.
0: Was it in the School of Life book?
1: No, it wasn't. It was in a different book about sex. <laughs> um, where they were talking about how certain communities would um, encourage a bride for example and you uh, to have as much sex with a bunch of people um men in that community as possible to increase the chances of or is even just part of the tradition It wasn't necessarily to do with birth or sorry getting pregnant or you know fertility or whatever but i don't know if you count that as casual sex or not
0: can was is that also i mean we come back to the health healthy conversation if you didn't want to be part of that community and you were being That's forced point, by these yeah. groups of men to let everybody have sex with you is that really something that, that is healthy i think the my point about those being those colonies those communities being formed about casual around casual sex but also about the not even just casual sex but the healthy uh, health, having a healthy relationship with sex is choice is the ability to make sure. choices freely um, and whatever Example you look at, I don't think that we've really reached a position where.
1: Do you think? Do you think subconsciously we've had the choice when we've been at uni or whatever to, or do you? Because th- I'm sort of viewing it as a as a pressure from society to to have casual sex. Yeah. Um, do you think we have had that choice? Or to you reject
0: think... it or to accept it or to do you so think we've been? Do you not... think it's impacted us? Is that what you're yes. trying to ask? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's definitely impacted me. Yeah, because um, I think
1: it's still even if we don't necessarily want it, it's still, the idea is still forced on us or or at least there's there's pressure from from other groups of people mm. from, I don't know where it comes from. It must come from.
0: <laughs> I don't know, you know, this is the thing with these overarching ideas is that yeah. it would be lovely if there was a group we of people going, right, like, what we're going to push is an agenda <laughs> yeah. of everybody shaking about. Yeah. And I don't think that's really it, where it's that's coming not, from. Is that not what the hippies did? I think, yeah. I think it's just over time these norms evolve through vague media pressure, through yeah. programmes, through applications education, education and Go on.
2: can I set the cat amongst the pigeons a Please little though? bit I've got a kind of a chicken and egg mm-hmm. situation Whereas, what came first <laughs> yeah sort of for me the question because I, I mean you might not have thought about it from this angle um, obviously just like I hate to do that thing being the lady perspective and all
0: but but it's useful
2: but but for me it's sort of a question of in terms of sexual liberation what came first women's liberation or sexual liberation within each culture so like if you notice there's a massive pattern between people have happier not more not more normal but people have happier more fulfilled sex lives when the women aren't oppressed (laughs) And those, um, t- we do. We consider ourselves very, very. We're very neo-liberal today, and we're all like, oh, they're all. We're all out of the woods, and everything's fine, and everything. But I think a lot of the problems where we're like, why are we coming back to casual sex? I thought we dealt with this. Like the previous decades, where yeah. they've dealt with it better. Why is it so bad? Now, to me, that that's kind of it. Makes me chuckle a little bit because to me the answer's obvious because it's to do with. How women are 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 feeling about about their own is mm. but before it gets anywhere between two people you have to get beyond your own liberation of your own body mm-hmm. um and that kind of issue and I think that's what's dragged us down a little now, yep is the issues to do with and and to do with like simple things like. Um, well, I mean, in my sex education class, that would they, we even we were like one of the rare schools that did have like one lesson on homosexuality, but they didn't like tell us how they had sex. They just sort of said some people okay, and that's well, it.
0: Well, that's we would been against the law too when we were in school, right? Was <laughs> still because no. article? What is it? Section?
2: Not in my school.
0: Uh, no, but it, it gets a the law to promote homosexuality. I can't remember what the name of the law is, but Thatcher brought it in. Section seventeen or something like that. That, that went in it's Did it go pre. I thought that
2: didn't that get repealed in the
0: eighties? Am I thinking of yeah, I, I think thought that was later. I thought it was way later.
2: Somebody it was definitely no? repealed before we were alive. Was it? Oh
0: okay. Alright, I'll take it back. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was only repealed fairly recently. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um,
2: Someone should do some fact checking.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's please do I mean, I might Call us um, um, if you know <laughs> Um No, I think, I think you're right. I think it... But and, and Now, not only women's rights, but also yeah, of course it's all everyone. minority rights, LGBT rights. How
2: do rights. you get a society with a healthy attitude to casual sex if it doesn't even have a healthy attitude to half the population's sure. body in the first place? Yeah. I know girls who grew up believing that they peed out of their vagina.
0: Well... I mean, that there isn't without a, education, there is there it is nothing, just, <laughs> you know. But um, it's so
2: depressing oh. because then they're like, "Well, why why isn't my sex life fulfilling?" And it's not it's not your fault, but it's like you have like you have no idea how to if you have no idea what to do with yourself. How mm. do you know what to tell other people to do yeah. with you as yeah. well?
0: Do you think that um, or wh- wh- to what extent do you think that the media has played a uh, either positive or negative part on sexual relationships because i think that the impact can be oh have you gone
1: yeah i just found it was section 28, 28 and it was introduced in 1988 and repealed in 2000 right okay it was uh, a an amendment to uh, that stated that a local authority shall not intentionally promote homosexuality yeah. or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality
0: so what a load of bollocks sh- yeah yeah absolutely so it was just obviously just before we were being. I mean, I wasn't being taught about yeah, sex yeah, at so two yeah. years old. No. <laughs> no. Um, I know. It was only three then.
2: <laughs>
0: but um, yeah, do you think? I think because I think it, the, the. Do you think the impact that uh, we're probably going to stray a little bit from sex here, but do you think that the media has had a positive or negative impact? Do you think that the impact of the media on these ideas has been overstated or understated? I think it's difficult to yeah, tell yeah, and quantify. Yeah. The it always that, has an effect. But yeah. I think that sometimes is positive, that sometimes yes. is detrimental. Uh, what I think I happens think it, yeah. maybe too much is the, a muddying of the water yeah. and a hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Look at... Uh, again, we're going to stray, but I think it's indicative of the kind of stuff that that, ha- that the, the media, um, especially traditional print media, does. Look at the stuff that's happening with um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle yeah. at the moment and the, the hypocrisy... The, of the stories between Kate and, and Megan that are being highlighted constantly mm-hmm. by the same people in the same papers mm-hmm. and I think that the problem is that that is universal it is done politically it is done culturally um, it is done on religious terms and therefore people are confused mm-hmm. about these things, there is no clear thought and ideas as to as, around these subjects so,
1: Maybe for casual sex to be something that is healthy and possible, it there needs to be equality between well definitely all those involved. But also, but in that case, that also means that like if the media are promoting that sort of like I don't want to say inequality, but they're not exactly painting women in the best light. If you think of the Sun or other tabloids, or even if you look at Hollywood films that are showing very and basic relationships between people or obviously there are films that don't but there's it's also hollywoodized so
2: all of that is is 100 percent true and people are doing some excellent work with the media specifically to try and remedy things personally i might be a bit of a disappointment to the to the cause but i personally the most impact on me was actually the was actually peer-to-peer Mm. rather than the media i mean i may be just on the cusp of being a bit before the internet era mostly i didn't have a smartphone until i was 16 in college so but for me when i was in high school everything was everything was what boys would say
0: yeah i was gonna (laughs) come on to that
2: everything was but it's not just before we talk about like porn or anything like that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that it's going back to the point about about i mean about about women's own body liberation there were the, the thing that was probably the most scarring to me was like how how much pressure you were under never to say that you masturbated as a woman how much like if someone asked you and, and and like everyone would be giggling and everyone knew you had to say no yeah. and like if you'd have said yes, everyone would have called you dirty and refused to speak well, it would to you, thrown food at you in the canteen, yeah. and that was part of the cost. But it's not only just that, but that's it was so deeply ingrained that that was wrong. That me experiencing pleasure was wrong. The women aren't supposed to do that. That's wrong. Yeah. You can't do it yourself. That's wrong. Men are yeah. supposed to do it for you. Mm-hmm was yeah quite start i was quite young this was about when i was 13 or 14 that's young to be to be and then that forms everything else so that when you do watch porn and it's all like it's all consensual they're all making money we'll get into other ethical issues about that another time i'm sure but it's not the same as you taking like all the all the kind of stuff shown in porn isn't a woman taking it upon herself to do something it's, yes, it's something happens to a woman <laughs> and it's it's just kind of a, it's a weird lens a very weird you've lens. also
0: got to look at the way that these things are framed as well so like although it isn't thought about much the titles of the videos that people watch mm-hmm. are very aggressive um
1: they're always sort of. aimed at a, a, a male audience, really. Yeah,
2: and I think they're also, but also the, the, the coquettish sort of character that we're supposed to play, being like, um, "It's it, the sort of thing that where people say it's your job not to let them have it." That kind of attitude is very, very, very damaging. Even more so than the one that calls us a slut for doing things is the attitude where it's like, "You you shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing anything for yourself. You shouldn't be." this is something people are going to do to you mm-hmm. it's your job to try and get money out of them or it's your job to try and only sleep with people if they give you things or do favors for you using your sexuality as currency mm-hmm. they feed that message to women quite a yeah. lot younger than most people think i think and through and that's how it gets there it's not because we're just all sort of but but people's well-meaning parents do that as well. People's oh, mums are kind sure. of like, yeah, oh uh, you know, make sure you get a or like, make sure you get a rich one or yeah. or they're like, you know, no one's ever going to be good enough for my son or all of this and all of that and all of this kind of
0: or, or telling like, oh, going to be a little heartbreaker. Yeah. Oh that my god. One, that that going to be a little heartbreaker. And that, it's all well-meaning. It. It's all well-meaning, I don't want to sit here and be the word police sure. or be <laughs> accused of being snowflake-ish. Yeah. But. Those things, it's, everything you say has an impact. Language is important, right? And Probably you can't not discuss accuse other people of being snobbish But you can't, like, you can't, you can't, uh, yeah. <laughs> w- words are important. Language is important. And um, whilst all of that stuff may be well-meaning, it has an impact on an impressionable, impressionable young kid. And yeah. if they're being getting gratification by being told those things, that's going to stick. Yeah. Um, you also, I think, get a lot of, or at least I think you get a lot of your. Um, uh, experience and knowledge around relationships via your parents and via yep. l- your parents, friends, mm-hmm. adults around you. Um, and if that's the sort of thing you're being told by your role models at a young age, you're going to follow that behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the message that's given to girls and, and the message that's given to young boys is very different, obviously. Um, can we talk about Tinder quickly?
2: Yes,
0: yeah, that's a good yes good can. Because my... Dad, my biological, and my um, my stepmom—they're married now, and they met via a dating site. Did they? Not Tinder, yeah. though. Not Tinder. No, I don't think Tinder was around when they met. Right. Um,
1: but that's probably quite a distinction to make because yeah. they're a dating website. Right, right. So, this, but this
0: is why I wanted to talk about Tinder because um, I think Tinder, and I wanted to make the distinction between dating sites and Tinder because yeah. I think that tinder you're not really trying to meet someone personifies the things that i think are negative around the kinds of relationships we have disposable uh swiping mm-hmm. basing somebody's worth off photos that they manufacture and select um having very brief conversations with somebody and it be it promoting hookup culture yeah. now hookup culture has its place absolutely it has its place but Promoting those kinds of ideas and those kinds of values, I think, is seriously unhealthy.
1: Um, yes, but I think there is a way that it, uh, this is probably very hypothetical, and if society was very different, <laughs> though, maybe not necessarily very useful. But I think there would there would be a way for it to be a healthy platform if both parties were approaching it from different angles, as in because I think men go on it looking for. Validation, maybe because I don't want to spectate. Sweeping generalization? Yeah, probably. But I think a lot, I don't know, from people I've spoken to, I think generally they go on it for either for hookups, but I think there's probably stuff behind that. Yeah. Like loneliness and. Yeah, for sure. But this is the. Again,
0: we come back to the point of understanding yourself. Yeah. And understanding why you're looking for these things.
1: I know that
0: when I've been in positions. Early in university, when I was single, where I was looking for to hook up with people, I know in my heart of hearts that I was doing that because I was lonely.
1: Yeah.
0: I was doing that to then try and form a relationship with somebody. Yeah. I wasn't doing it because I just wanted to, you know, because I was sexually frustrated. To me, that belonging, that sense of purpose that a relationship brings is far more important mm-hmm. than people thinking that I'm hooking up with people at university. Yeah. In my heart, hearts, maybe I disguised that by saying other things, but that was the reason.
1: When I first downloaded Tinder, when I got back, when I got to the UK, that was my main reason as well because I was lonely because mm. I had nobody to talk to. Yeah, you want some company, right? Yeah. Company, so
2: my beef with Tinder isn't really what you'd think it'd be. I do. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not comfortable with the disposable nature of it, and I don't like to throw away am Sure, but as an app, at least it's relatively equal the way they've manufactured it so it's not like it doesn't inherently set up the process to be like one person one gender choosing another one like love island where everyone let's
0: talk about that in a minute as
2: well (laughs) but um yeah the the problem for me the problem for me is the onus on people to reply and the kind of when i had tinder i wasn't having it for i didn't have it for the same reason you guys did i had it because i wanted sex yeah as most people do, like if you're really looking for something, people Tinder, don't
1: realise that, that. If they, you're really looking for something, you don't usually choose them to. They don't admit to that, that people are going on this platform because they want sex. I think a lot of people would hide behind something or would but deny I think, it. I
2: think the strength is in the honesty. So if yeah, you. Absolutely. I think maybe the, the, they just needed to be more clear so that people could be like, this is what the app is for. We shouldn't have had any shame about it. It should have been like, this is what the app is for. If you're not into it, stay away.
0: That, like, let's reiterate: There's nothing wrong with screwing, like screwing about. No. Like, that's not. I, I don't think any of us are so here to shame got, people no. for sleeping the around. The reason
2: it got scary to me was because of the kind of reaction you get when you, if you match with someone, sure, but th- it depends with your threshold for matching people because that doesn't mean you automatically want to talk to them.
0: No. No, well, people I, 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 mean, exactly. But People assume that, means. mean, if they only
2: match with like three people a day and you match with like 20 people a day, they're going to try and have a massive conversation mm-hmm. with all of those three people. And if you've got like mm-hmm. 20 people popping up, are you only really like maybe one. Why would you talk? But then you've the onus is on you to reply to these people because they get they get very aggressive if you don't reply to them. Then because there's a kind of entitlement of being on the app of being like, well, I'm entitled to sex because I'm on here. Yeah, therefore. and you've
0: matched with me, and therefore you've agreed to you've made you've it's That's sort not, of yeah. it's sort of unwritten consent.
1: It's, like, I like yeah. the
2: look of your picture. It's not I like who you are. and I want to have sex. Yeah, with you. Yeah,
1: exactly. I also think that that kind of is a bit of a gender uh, yeah. issue because I don't think that happens to guys as much as it does to girls. Um, I think that... G- sorry, go on. Uh, well, I was just going to say that... Because um, the
2: girl never measures you first?
1: No, because girls can... There's some kind of... Uh, not formula, but... Th- thing. <laughs> going on on Tinder where...
2: Oh, the algorithm.
1: Yeah, no, just women, I think, have more choice than men. Because... I'm maybe I'm just I don't very think- unattractive and an <laughs> interesting person. But when I first went on it, it took me six months to get one match. Um, I wasn't in the middle of Oxfordshire, granted. And it's mostly middle aged women slash older, but
0: didn't you, you set the age range to, to sixty and sixty two as well, didn't you? Yeah, I did, that's true. Maybe that's the issue.
1: <laughs> no, but but the point I think that there's a bit of an issue there as well in it's terms of how
2: tight of, you have the location on actually, normally. You get more choice if you go within a wider area. Ah, uh, right.
1: There you go. That was my issue. That's then.
2: what restricts your choice. If you go, like, <laughs>
1: people within one
2: else. mile of... If you look for people within walking distance of you, you are only going to get one in six
1: months. <laughs> I thought the people in the field next door were going <laughs> to be well up for it. But, um, yeah, but I think that there's definitely there's definitely an issue there with... And, and again, a societal issue because of how uh, in favour it is towards a certain gender. and And because there's no... The men are seen as sex hungry um, perverts, and the women are seen as um, picky yeah, but be- dick uh, pics.
0: So I wanted to come onto this, and I think that it creates this view of sex for guys where it's like, like I said briefly, you've you've liked me you've swiped right or whatever it is here's a dick therefore pic exactly therefore you want me yeah. and if you say no then then you've changed you know, then
2: so- you're changing your mind it's not that you've it's not that you never liked me that much in the first place it's that you're changing your mind yeah. and you're not allowed to do that yeah correctly.
0: exactly and I, and I really think that that's an issue yeah i is. think it creates an entitled yeah i think it's tender
1: and at fault there
0: that but no i mm, well it, I, no, it's
2: I, the attitude comes out the place. exactly i I've think it. it
0: exists anyway it, exi- it exists. Sure, if, sure she's, but it, it she's talking. We're having a nice chat. We're having a nice chat. She must be up for it. She must want it. That is a culture yeah, yeah. and a view that is deeply embedded in our society. Mm. And things like social media, things like Tinder, they don't create that. They bring it out of people. Yeah. And when left to their own devices, I think that that prevails, and that comes out. Like, yeah, you like me. So here's a picture of my cock that you really didn't want to see. Mm. That's going to ruin your day. <laughs> like really <laughs> just, and you wouldn't just get it out in a bar a reason, some people look, might <laughs> there's a
2: reason vagina pics aren't a thing and there's a that reason is no less applied to the reason that dick pics shouldn't be a thing
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure unsolicited well
0: yeah. but it's well, as it is as weird as just we've just had a five minute conversation and then pulling it out yeah, yeah. it is that weird yeah. it is that odd nobody does that Really? No. Why do you think it's acceptable just because it's online? And it what it does is it creates this disconnect between people. Yeah. It is impersonal.
1: Mm. It's the anonymity it of it. makes
2: me really sad because I always think they're running a massive risk a lot of these women on tinder as well and you don't think about like how much of it it's so it's actually not that safe it's so easy for you to meet someone who you think is okay start off somewhere safe and then as soon as you're out of a public place or as soon as Mm. you're like you let your guard down like Mm. a lot of things can happen and you're not really protected but it's kind of the dichotomy between I want to be, I want to I think of myself as very sexually liberated and I want to have as, as much sex as I want with whoever I want and I want it like almost instantaneously and that's, that's, that's great if, if that's what you've decided you want but I feel like it shouldn't have to be that way. Mm. It shouldn't have to be unsafe for you to do that. There should be a system that isn't crappy app with dodgy people on it for you to do that if you like that's how desperate people are that they take massive massive risks with their safety in order to assert their sort of modern womanness and their confidence and I feel like that's a massive problem because then the people who are who are looking for for that kind of insecurity in people find it very easy to find on Tinder and there's a lot of people out there looking for exactly the kind of people they know they will find on there um, because of the because of reasons they shouldn't be looking for people mm. because of reasons to do with like people's lack of confidence and people sort of being quite trusting or naive or mm. and there are people looking for those people mm. on Tinder and using it as that kind of app.
1: In, I don't think that case. kind of hypothetical system where that isn't Tinder where people can do this safely can find safe sex safe not not safe sex casual sex safely. I don't think that's necessarily possible in. Um, without change to society.
2: Oh, I, I yeah, my news must massive change, But it yeah. definitely is possible, and we should all try and well, make it happen.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, we should. Um, just to kind of... I don't want to finish on a dark note, but I want no. to talk about this. Um, the amount of stories that we know and we've spoken to people about where women go to clubs or go to bars and the sort of sexual assault and the touch-in and all of this that happens... How can mm-hmm. we begin to reduce that uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to have this discussion with you here is because I don't think me and Brett just sitting here talking about this is actually going to provide much insight no. um but also I think that y- you provide a nice perspective on it and not just because you're a woman but also because you're intelligent <laughs> but Thanks. um what For do you one. think what do you <laughs> think um we can do to try and minimise some of this because it is so entrenched and it happens constantly. And I've seen it, I've experienced it. I was, we dressed up as the Spice Girls mm-hmm. on Halloween, yeah. and we went to a club. And I've got a wig on. I was, uh, what one was Baby I? Spice. Baby Spice. Yeah. I looked fit. You did. I was standing at the bar, got a little mini skirt on, and this guy came. Obviously, it's quite dark, and squeezed my ass. <laughs> and I turned round and looked at him, and the sh- shock on his face when he realised that oh, I wasn't. A cute little blonde. Well, I am a cute little blonde. The wig was the, horrible. I don't know. Like how, it, is. how he, right. and and like like sh- shameful shocked look on his face, as if but I was going to turn around and that be a girl and it would be okay. As if
2: it makes a difference.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah. Of <laughs> the value it
2: of a human being. Of course, so of crazy. course,
0: of course. But that thing is so deeply entrenched. Yeah. How can we begin to mm-hmm. combat that?
2: Well, firstly, as a as a little as a little caveat for my personal life, I'd like to say that Brett does a very good job. Of being, being representative of, because, you know, I, I, I stand for no fucking nonsense from people.
1: Of being representative of what?
2: Of, of, of a way of being. It's just, you're just like a really good example of a way for someone to be where they're like, in their sexuality independently, but you don't ever like, you're very, very respectful, but not in a way that it feels like kid gloves or like, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't know how to talk to people now, rah, rah, rah.
0: Mm. Right. Literally
2: just like a person. <laughs> Literally just... And I, feel
0: like, that, I that, feel like you're very that, good at that. Let's not feed his ego too much. No, 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 I think for but, me, if you're asking the question
2: of... If you're asking the question, where can you start, I wouldn't say... Be like Brett. <laughs> the, the, the,
0: the fact that that needs to be pointed out, though, is so sad. The fact that just being respectful, being polite and nice, but... Not doing it in a patronising way sure. needs to be pointed out and commended yeah. and well done for doing it, bro. No, it's but, not. No, I know, I'm not trying no, to put, put a you're medal not. on him I for being
2: a normal person. But
0: it's being a a a gent in the sense of the word. Just having. Manners. Yeah, say, but that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that that needs to be pointed out is so yeah, sad. Yeah, I think
2: honestly, sad. if my advice, my advice, if you're asking the question, how where would I point you to to start? in a direction is actually, it's actually not where you might think. I would say to you, look into your own life when women have made you uncomfortable. Hmm. And I would start with not standing for any infringement on your own sort of personal space. Because I know a lot of, I mean, I know it's happened quite a lot to you, is that like people, because you're in, if you look like a nice, soft, relatively inti- unintimidating person, that's the kind of yeah. thing... That <laughs> That's the kind of thing that happens. But but but, you, but it makes you see... It makes you, it makes you appreciate things. Yeah. It makes you appreciate what it might be like. Yeah. Because yeah. I, if, if there was one thing as a woman that I would like to explain to men that you can't in any way, it would be what it feels like to be a prey animal instead of a predator. Mm-hmm. And I feel like learning that for yourself is very
0: valuable. I think a lot of guys are aware of that. And I think that in a lot of ways that does impact on men's perceptions of how to conduct themselves around women because they don't want to be seen as coming across like that Mm -hmm. so I think the reason that a lot of guys struggle to talk to girls in bars for instance is because if you take the initiative to do that you'll either be seen as being weird or um well I think maybe it's threefold Being weird, you're you're already scared of rejection. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are, naturally. I don't don't think there's anything wrong with that. You're either perceived as being a weirdo, what you're doing talking to me, or you're going to be perceived as trying it on. And (laughs) I think that whilst... I'm not saying that... I'm not trying to sort of turn men into being the victims of this, but...
2: But in a bar, it's a a, a thing of... As well, the the worst someone can say is not, know. Yeah, of course. It's easy to say that. It's easy to say that. But it's a thing of... The kind of people who are up for meeting someone in a bar will always be up for meeting someone in a yeah, bar. Yeah, of course. The kind of people who are not up for meeting anyone aren't up for meeting someone in a bar. Mm. I don't care how nice someone is to me. If someone had come up to me like when I was drinking in a bar and tried to like start a relationship with me, I just, won't, I just don't want to meet anyone that way. And people mistake it for something personal and then they get really hurt because they think yep. it's about them. If you do not want to meet someone in a bar... That's usually the fast and hardest rejections as well as people will just be like, N- absolutely no way, no. Yeah. And it's people are like, well, what's wrong with me? It's not you. It's not you. If yeah. you, if people will be, people will say yes if they are the kind of person who want to meet someone in a bar. If you're not the kind of person, and there's plenty of women who don't want to meet people in bars at all, and not they that, won't ever say no to you. There's also factors. There's, so there's. I don't know
1: that's what you were saying. No, it wasn't, but that's true. Plenty of other factors in terms of like attractiveness or whatever. Yeah. Or if the person. Finds a person tracked. I just go on. I've forgotten what I was going to say to you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: What I wanted to say though is is to to guys, I I think
2: Don't be a bystander.
0: Well that is true and we can oh I mean I've got a fantastic story about that, but yeah. um not all girls want to sleep with you.
1: Yeah. Don't be like, afraid of rejection.
0: Don't, be, but don't be afraid of rejection. But also, don't it. view everything. And I think this is something that a lot of guys fall into. Don't view all your, of your relationships with girls through the prism of does she want to sleep with me or not. Yeah. Some people just want to be friends. Mm-hmm. It's not all about sex. And we're not also, possessions. exactly.
1: And they're also not necessarily going to decide that on a see glance at, across the room yeah, kind of thing. It's exactly. Like, yeah. there's sort of a romanticized view. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And, but, again, also, yeah, don't be a bystander. And it, all it takes is for one person to stand up to somebody for other people to. And call your mates out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. all this yeah. stuff. I think but it's important. I think,
2: I, think, I think watching everyone. Watching everyone for it is really important. Right. And I'd say that to everybody. I don't care who your friend is. If you know they don't treat the people they're with very well, if you know that about them, whether they are male, whether they are female, whether they are something in between, you say to them with all the best of your friendship honesty, you sit them down and you have a conversation. And if you don't feel like you can be friends with them after that, then that's your friendship. But there, you have no business letting people abuse other people. If you know, it's, if you know it's going to happen, it has happened. If you suspect it,
0: hmm.
2: any of those things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right. We're out of time, but I, I really like these podcasts where we sit down and just try and figure things out. Yeah. Um, to me, that's kind of the whole point of the exercise. And- yeah even if we don't come to a conclusion to even start to talk about these things that are a little bit more taboo, Mm -hmm. I think it's really important Absolutely, taboo. talking of taboo. We can't, we can't talk about it just yet. yet. We've got (laughs) exciting things coming up this new year. Um, We're going to be branching out into different platforms, trying to do different things and really trying to encourage people to talk about these kinds of subjects, things that aren't spoken about too much. I think it's really important. Yeah. But in the meantime, more to follow. More, yeah, absolutely. In yeah. the meantime, uh, shoot us an email if there's any topics you want us to cover. If there's any questions you want to ask us and we'll read them out on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's demographic at UK at gmail.com. Get involved on social media um, and we'll see you in the next one. Yeah. And Thanks thank for you. listening.
2: Can I just say thank you so much for
0: having me? Oh, on. you're more than welcome. <laughs> you're always welcome. It's been great having you here. Yes. Yeah, Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.